Hello, this is Paula. And this is Susanna. And And this this is is the Joy Joy of Home Home podcast. The Joy of Home is a podcast about stories of the love of home, the joy of your own home, how you make your spaces personal to yourself. We'll have conversations about what makes a happy home with a variety of guests. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Joy of Home. And my name is Paula Sutton and I am joined by my companion... I'll let you introduce yourself. Susanna Hawkins. <laughs> Susanna. Now, we've known each other for quite um, quite a few years, haven't we now? In in the space of social media and in the space of, of, of home interiors and social media. Definitely, yes. I can't actually remember when I started following you, but I do feel like I have followed for it, you. It feels like years, years. It does feel like yes, yes. It does. It's one of those funny things where you you sort of like chat online for years and years, and then suddenly years later you meet somebody, and it's sort of like didn't haven't haven't we met? Don't we know each other? Properly? Exactly. Yeah. Did, didn't we grow yeah. up together? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely felt like that when we had our final first meeting in um, in real life. Definitely felt like we had known each Absolutely. other for much longer than five minutes. So yeah, yeah it was lots of fun. It was it was lots of fun. I th- yes, in Paris, wasn't it? I think it was the first time we actually came I face know, to face. Oh, glamorous! I didn't want to say I mean, that because that, I don't want to give the impression that we are always jet setting somewhere, whereas we really are. That, well, at least I'm makes, not. That makes it makes my life sound far more fabulous than it is. I'm literally exactly, so, I'm yeah. sad <laughs> looking at my potting shed and looking at sort of like gribbly monsters outside in the um, vegetable patch. And um, pa- yes, Paris is a rarity, but yeah, we met in Paris. Yes. <laughs> No, we did. We we had our first date in 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 Paris. Yeah, I actually exactly. went through my old photos from there for recently and remember the photos we took ourselves yeah. or we had Kirsty take them us on the cafe, um, the little cafe we sat. I mean that looked so Parisian, mm. cliche at its yeah. finest. You and me there sipping our coffees Absolutely. in those one of those lovely cafes. I think the cliche the cliches are the best. They're cliches for a reason, aren't they? Exactly. Exactly. It felt like we got to be proper tourists in there. Exactly. We didn't even have to pretend to be anything else. <laughs> so so we're here together today because we have started a new podcast called Joy of Home. And um, Joy of Home, because both of us focus our um, social media profiles on, on home and interiors and um, lifestyle surrounding that and all things to do with, um, you know, having having a happy and joyful home. So it made sense, didn't it? Because it's something, the values that we share. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess one of the first places um, to start is, I don't know, should we tell everyone about our homes and how we live and and what we we think about homes? I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, I... 
live currently. I was just trying to actually count the houses that I've lived in my life. And having lived 18 years in my first house with my parents and my two brothers, I after that clearly decided to make most of the, like, you know, the that I was able to just move and try out different homes. And yeah. currently, in the current house, we have lived for five years. And uh, it's like a 19... 19- 70s or 1960s used to be bungalow which we renovated so now it actually has two floors so it's not a bungalow anymore and um, I yeah, can't believe it's five years already I know five, five years has gone by are... so quickly I remember when you first bought it and you were starting to renovate it and you were looking for planning permission and all those things but five years has yeah. gone by so quickly it definitely has and how about you then can you tell us something about your current house well, I live in um, a Georgian house in Norfolk in the English countryside, and um, it was it's a Georgian house built in 1822, so strictly it's sort of Regency, and it's a very typically square, symmetrical Georgian house. It sits in around an acre of its own land, and um, I, it, it reminds me of um, a dollhouse. It sort of, it, it looks like the sort of house that a child would draw. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's exactly that house. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's what drew me um, and my family to it. It was just a, a very pretty house. It's not, um, it's not a, a lot of people see it in photographs and talk about the, how, how big and grand it is. It's actually smaller than everyone thinks, but I think because it sits in its land so prettily like a little doll's house, mm-hmm. it, it gives an idea of, of, of grandeur that it doesn't have <laughs> so it's, it's actually yeah so it's um but it but it suits us perfectly it we left London um and we were looking for a rural escape and that's what we found mm. with, well, with and you house. found your perfect you found your perfect little house well your house I think that it's just really I think a prime example of how well the Georgians knew how to do houses I mean it, it, it's just really is very very attractive house isn't it and has lasted all these years. It has. I, I love, I'm drawn to Georgian architecture for that reason. It's it's sort of... Um, it's hard not to. It's hard not to. I know. Well, I know I know that you love um, old buildings as well. I know. But, but, your, but your house at the moment, when was that built? You said it was 1960s, was it? Or? I think it was 1969 when it mm. was built. It's oh, my, quite... The, um, the year I was born. <laughs> what a really? Well, I didn't realise you are birthday twins with yeah. my house then. Yes, it's a really... I think we were drawn to this house originally, not because it looked like the perfect Georgian picture perfect doll's house like quite the opposite really but it all like you said about your house it also sits really nicely in the plot and it just looks like it was made for like you know designed perfectly for the space that it sits in so that was definitely very attractive it kind of feels like it's we are surrounded by big old trees and it just feels like we are in this like a little green bubble that you know the outside we live in the city it's not actually that far away from the city center but it feels like that we are just so surrounded by greenery that we are on our little countryside bubble in here this i think that's such a beautiful way of putting it because i think we feel the same we are we're surrounded by trees as well and um and i think that that green little um, comfortable bubble is um is how we feel about where we live and was something that we were we were searching for 
I was sort of wanting to come away from the hustle and bustle of a city and find a a countryside bubble, (laughs) our own little bubble. I love, I just love the way you put that. And, um, and, you know, and I think that's part of, you know, the joy of home. It's sort of like, why do we get attracted and drawn to certain styles of house or types of house? And sometimes it's not even the, the style or type of house that we think we would be drawn to, but there's something that Absolutely. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's just really like when we were looking houses five years ago and we were thinking of moving to Bath and most people, when they think about Bath, they don't think about tired-looking bungalows on a hill. They think the beautiful Georgian architecture, that there is plenty of beautiful Georgian townhouses in here. And I think that's what I initially also really wanted to buy, but soon found out that unfortunately my budget wasn't quite big enough for those so I had to then find the best next thing and make most of that and although this house did not like look like what I actually thought I wanted as soon as we drove on there on here I I felt immediately like this is it I really I just really really liked it it just had a special feeling even if it looked a little bit sad and tired when we actually saw it for the first time. But there was something special about it, I thought. Something special. It's that feeling, isn't it? That feeling that you get. It's that feeling. I bet <laughs> the state agent hates us all saying, oh, I just need to have that feeling. I don't really, oh, I have all these requirements, but oh, you have ticked all my boxes, but I didn't get the feeling. So never you mind, I'm not going to buy this house. That's it. I mean, we, we saw some lovely houses, but... Sometimes they feel, and I don't think this is the same with everyone. You can walk into a house and it can feel quite oppressive, or there can be a reason why I don't know the windows um, have a, a they don't face the right thing, or but somebody else can walk into that same space and they can go, wow, this is it. This is my this is my joyful, happy place. It's mine. Yeah, it's so personal, yeah. isn't it? It really is. And I have, as you know, some of you may know that we've been on a kind of like a search for our next house, which would be more. The dream would be to have like Paula's uh, Georgian house in the country. So we are not rushing into anything and I do quite love houses. So I've been quite enjoying the process of viewing houses when we don't actually desperately need to move anywhere. I go, I have a long list of things that I want in the house and we go to see a house and they can be beautiful. Mm. They can be ticking literally every box. And then we start, we drive away and my husband and I are starting to kind of like pick like the most minor things mm. apart, how something isn't kind of like, you know, exactly how we would want to. And then we are kind of like saying, well, to be honest, if that would be the house that we loved, we wouldn't even have noticed the mm. sort of like, you know, the small things at all, the stairs is facing the wrong way or, you know, there isn't Absolutely. this or that or some of the layout isn't perfect. I mean, when you find the house that you love, you don't really care about the exactly. small the, things. The minor really. things. And to be honest, I say minor things. I move into a house and I always look at the cosmetic things and we think about the smaller things we can change. But you've moved into your present house and you've done some incredible changes. So is that something, you know, when you when you find a house, do you look in terms of what it can be or do you need it to be perfect for you now? Oh, I'm all for the potential and how things can be changed. I think there's something very rewarding on trying to see the past, the current state and um, create something beautiful. It's not to say that not everything needs like a gut renovation or completely redoing everything. It's just sometimes a matter of getting lucky in our previous house, which was a beautiful Victorian house. 
it was really nice, beautiful house, but it had been lived for a long time by a other family and it was a small matter of getting rid of some old carpets and painting the walls and that was kind of like already made a massive difference for that house so they don't all the houses even if you can't quite if they don't feel or look the right not every every house needs so much work done either yeah I'm I'm a lazy house buyer. I when we did uh, renovations, we did renovations in our last house, and I will never do it again. Uh, uh, it was so traumatic oh, and traumatizing. So I am not the sort oh, of person. Interesting. I mean, all it was was a, a loft conversion, and um, we did a knock through to make the kitchen and a, a sitting room bigger. This is in our last house. Yeah, and uh, we had to go and live with my parents who were um in the in the country they they don't live permanently or they didn't live permanently in the country but for work they were here so we lived with them for a couple of months while the worst of the work was being done because we had small children and i have to say i i vowed that i would never buy a house again that <laughs> involved doing major renovations so when i call myself a lazy house buyer it's sort of like i i have to have almost all of it that it doesn't have to look pretty okay. Because I, I can, you know, we can do all of the um, the sort of like cosmetic Decorating. work. Exactly. And I yeah. don't even mind adding to it if it doesn't involve knocking internal bits down. But um, Right. So that's your limit then. You no, just sorry. Want to I, I will not be living in a construction site ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pleased we're doing this project because I'm already learning new things about you. I had no idea you had such strong feelings yeah. about renovating. So tell me, what was it? I mean, like, sounds like you were maybe doing it in quite challenging time if your children were young and living yes. with your parents. It's yeah. as much as you, I'm sure you love your parents, mm. but that can be quite hard. Well, with there's nothing young like families. your own home, is it? But yes, we were, um, we had very young, I had three under three at one point. That wasn't exactly when we went and did three our renovation. Under three? Yeah. Well, I, I thought I was, <laughs> I, I'm, I used to be a very good. <laughs> planner i used to plan this is a nervous laughter by the way nervous I know, laughter I I there, was, there, were, there were many years of nervous laughter for me Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> but um i i thought i'd plan things perfectly you know as much as you can when you're, you're you're trying to have children i had my son who came prematurely and then um i thought okay what's a lovely gap between children and i tried to do that and um mm. and i was very lucky enough and fortunate enough that we became um pregnant when we planned to but then we found out we were having twins. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this sort of like close in age group gap that we thought we'd have um, turned into three very close um, in age group, which was chaotic for a few years. Was, I mean, I'm so, you know, one of those things where the, the, the happiest accidents make the best lives, you know, it was, it's obviously a brilliant very true. thing. And we're very lucky. Very but, true. At the time, it was sort of like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> why did I plan it this way? Yeah. But um, so, yeah. yes, so we were and we needed more space in the house. And so we expanded because of that reason. My parents happened to be living um, not too far from us at the time. So we moved in with them while we were having the worst of the renovations. And it wasn't so much moving in with the parents. It was just I, I'm a Virgo. I don't know if you believe in um, star oh. sign characteristics, but... I like things. I'm not actually the most um, neat person, but I like everything beautifully in its place and looking gorgeous. It can be, I, you know, I, I collect too much stuff. I have lots of trinkets and things, but they're all in a, in their proper place. And so, so chaos, especially. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But chaos, especially sort of 
dust and madness and chaos is um is too much for me. So it wasn't a very it wasn't relaxing. I believe your home must be relaxing and calm and I know I know most yeah. people want that from their home. But um I don't know if I could go through a major renovation and not have that for such a length of time again. Wow. Well, is this the reason why you are still contemplating what to do with your current kitchen and dining room? Because I know you have the window. Is there a window in between those two rooms? Yes, I seem to have seen quite a few posts about you talking yes. about, oh, still don't know what to do with this. So is it because you just don't want to get any dust in your house? It's been 15 years and counting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call myself a slow decorator for that reason, because... <laughs> My decision. That's a take, I, know, I know. Slow decorator. I think I'm being generous to myself. Um, I have <laughs> ideas. I know what I want to see, but it takes a very long time to um, for those for those ideas to come into fruition. Which does mean when I do them, it means I really want them. You know, 15 years you're going to want it, aren't you? You're not, you're not going to change again <laughs> after 15 years, are you? But yes, it takes a long time for me to get there, and when it's there, that's it. It's um, it's there till till I'm 170 I'm sure <laughs> yeah so is this this is now bringing me to the next I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about this so um mm. I know we have briefly talked about it before but your house sounds like that it's what you have really you fell in love with it and mm. you've been very happy in there would you consider moving would you ever think about that I wouldn't be supporting a renovation project for you, but is there, is there <laughs> one more house? <laughs> as, long, as long as it's not a renovation project. Do you know, this is a question that has come come up every few years, because when we mm. first bought Hill House, it wasn't quite the right size for us. Um, we mm. have a lot of family that come from abroad. We have a lot of friends um, who like to come and stay. And um, so we have actually extended, um, but it was an extension that was on the... It, it didn't impact how we lived in the house. So, um, but we, we always knew with this house that it was perfect for us with a small family, as in they were all young. We knew that we would outgrow it when they became teenagers and the, the age they are now. Um, but then, interestingly, we always knew that we'd grow back into it so that when it was just the two of us again and mm. the children had grown up and gone, it would be the perfect house for us again. So in those teenage years when, you know, everyone's gangly and messy and needing more bathrooms and needing more more room, we did contemplate um, moving and trying to get something that was um, with, with more bedrooms and maybe more outhouses so that we could have um, places for the teenagers to be that was away from the house. Mm. But what's happened is, um, true to form, we've spent so many years contemplating and wondering about it that we've we've almost come full circle. We're reaching that moment. My, I've got two children at um, university. My girls are at university. My son has just started his first job and has got one eye on going into the big city somewhere or London. So we're getting to that stage where we're almost getting to being able to see that it's just going to be the two of us on our own again at mm. some point. So then it sort of begs the question, well, why would we now move to a bigger house? So I th- yeah. I think, and, and we love this house. So I think- All the grandchildren, obviously. Exactly. I, I, I will never say never, because of course, as soon as you sort of make a, a, a definitive statement, it means that something, the opposite will yes. happen. You know, that's, that's life, that's yeah. Murphy's Law. But at the moment, we're not looking- but my goodness, I'm still addicted to looking at Right Move. Over in England, we have um, Right Move yeah. and um, different um, sort of housing websites that just show you, you know, 
whatever house, whatever, whatever manner of house you what want to see. What have Thrive Morph habit? Exactly. I mean, I have, I get like four different, I have four different alerts that send emails <laughs> of various houses for me. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's like, it's just, it's something like like some of them are not even areas that I'm actively looking to move. I just like to keep an eye on the Absolutely. houses and I love looking at the houses. But you see, you have a good reason because you are contemplating maybe possibly making the next move. True. I have yes. no business yes. having those alerts and I still have those alerts. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just love, I just love looking. I love. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. You just never know when you open the email and I, what's going exactly. to be in there. I have dreamed about a lot of other people's houses. It's probably quite creepy, but I look at other people's houses and I imagine what I would do and how I would live and, you know, which which, yeah. which bedrooms the children would have. And, you know, I have no interest in buying that house, but I just love imagining myself in in different well, homes. Maybe you get it out from your system that way then. Mm. If you are kind of like doing active daydreaming about other people's houses, it means that you don't actually have to go to do that's it so in true. real life. So maybe that's actually a very sensible way of doing it. it it's a very cheap way of living your dream life, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and living in multiple houses too. So you don't have to actually pay for the stamp duties. You just are exactly. doing it in your mind. So, so tell me, because something I've always wanted to ask you, how does it differ living in England to to the home of your birth? You know, how does, well, is, is there a different feeling to the homes here? That's a very good question. So if we are, so yes, I'm originally from Finland where I grew up and I have lived most of my adult life in abroad. I lived in, in New York and Brussels and mm. now I've been in England for a very long time. I mean, it's hard to believe from my very thick accent, but yes, I have been living in English-speaking countries for a very long time. I um, well, the houses, I guess, they are quite different. It's it's like Finland is quite large country area-wise, but uh, doesn't have many people in there. So lots of the houses are more one story. Uh -huh or one and a half story and lots of the houses are well in the countryside at least and um, lots of the houses also have like just more more lateral space often mm. like I don't think there is many places or I can't think of any places where they would have like townhouses like mm. we have here in Bath that have six floors sometimes and are all quite narrow yes, or very tall. narrow mm. that's quite different I, I mean I guess it's it's hard to it's hard to kind of like compare it. I mm. guess it has a different feel and it looks different in the sense, but yeah. Is your, home, is your home now then quite similar to how they would be in, in Finland or not really? Yes, I guess it could be. Yeah, I guess they're often the layouts are, I think I find that the English uh, houses are often very bedroom focused. That mm. seems to be like the key feature that lots of people really like having as many bedrooms as possible in mm. here. Whereas the houses in Finland, like lots of my friends, for example, don't necessarily have like official guest room as such that is just reserved for guests because their people are more like if they have upstairs or the first floor, people like to have more like open spaces rather than try to build as many right. bedrooms in houses as they can. So like that's all about not the living necessary. area. Mm. Yeah, it's more about the living area. And I, yeah, and it's, it's just more that I guess people are not, well, that's how at least I see it. People are just less fussed about there being lots and lots of bedrooms, even if people have big houses. Mm, mm. That's very similar to, I didn't grow up in the Caribbean. I, I was born in London. And I grew up in London. 
but my parents mm. are from the Caribbean. And in the Caribbean, the houses are very similar. It's all about the living space and yeah. far more open plan. Lots of verandas, of course, because it's outdoor living, because it's mm-hmm. the, the climate. And so everything is geared towards being, um, and very often it's sort of a larger lateral space. It's all on one floor. But it's all about that sort of being sociable and airy and full of space. Whereas in yeah. England, it's very much more about having rooms and having yeah. um, areas specifically for a certain, you know, a study or yeah. a, a kitchen that isn't. I mean, people have become a lot more open plan in England even now. But it's still, as you say, historically, a lot of the houses have had um, dedicated areas and rooms for specific things and specific uses, haven't they? Which I think is actually quite, co- which is quite cozy. Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, it's not. I'm, I'm not, to be honest, I don't really have very, like, you know, it's none of, one of them isn't better than the other. It's just more that I guess it's different. The open plan is definitely yes. quite a big thing in, in, in Finland and I guess in Scandinavian houses in general. And obviously the housing stock, which suits me very well it's much older in here so in Finland there aren't that many older houses and lots of people do also build new builds in there like themselves because there's land is more already available so Mm. that seems that's quite different and they're energy efficient I suppose because of our old houses in England are um yeah some of them are are money pits aren't they really sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I I have Georgian I have Georgian glass in um in my windows (laughs) And of course, it's so you know, if, if I'm trying though, to it? be, it's so beautiful because they have um, a rippling effect because they're yeah, original. I love but that. of course, if I were being um, very energy efficient, you would have them totally redone and have them triple glazed. But there's something, mm. there's almost a sacrilege getting rid of something so beautiful and so original. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. Mm. You you can get some beautiful, you can get some beautiful ones that are um, triple glazed that look authentic. But it's um, yeah. it's amazing the things we do that inconvenience ourselves, that inconvenience ourselves yeah. just for beauty and just for the love of a home. Yeah. Well, these days they are quite, I've seen some of our friends have quite nice looking secondary glazing. I think back in the day they used to look fairly terrible, but these days they can be quite discreet and obviously then increase the thermal properties of your windows greatly. But I think... The new windows are obviously, I can see that there's lots of sense in there, but I just, I do completely agree with you that this, the, the old window panes, when they are, have all the imperfections, there's just something so beautiful about that. And I really do feel like that should be preserved. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Just need to get thick curtains to cover (laughs) all the (laughs) traps. No, just actually just long johns and sort of like thermal underwear is um, is the way we go. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So is your your home anything like, um, are there any things that you brought with you from your, when you were growing up? Does it resemble, not so much in looks, but what, what elements from your childhood, if any, do you sort of see in your own home or how you live? Well, as as actual stuff, I guess, when I moved to England, I came with one suitcase. So I didn't really exactly have like a whole lot of stuff with me. So yeah, most of things are just from here. But I have brought some of my grandparents' crockery. And I also have lots of old photo albums. But apart from that nothing else really it's not really I don't really 
I'm not really sure how, how would I, I don't think I have anything that special that would be bigger furniture or something that I would like to bring over here. How about you? Have you got anything? Did your parents bring anything from with them when they Yes, moved? well, I mean, they, I've got, I've got a chess set that always, um, it's in my um, sort of front sitting room, the more formal sitting room. And um, there's a chess set that I grew up with, and it's like wooden and carved. There's nothing, it's it's not an antique. It looks quite old, but it's not a, you know, it's nothing particularly special, but it has got sentimental value. So there are small things like that that I kept, um, and of course, the photographs and things. But um, I think my, my home and the way I decorate is quite an extension of my mother's, I have to admit. She loved the, she loved very English country decorating, that sort of layered, faded style, which I think is um, in keeping, it, it's, there's a lot of colour in it, but a lot of fa- faded colour. But the colour, I think, obviously, she's from the Caribbean and um, colour played a major part. And also, it was a Commonwealth country. It was under British rule for a long time. It's independent now. But, um, and so there is that idea that houses had to emulate British houses and of course the houses that they saw on the BBC World Service would be mm. you know fancy houses so there's that whole idea of Britishness so when my mother came mm. to live over here she was very drawn to that very British country house aesthetic and I think yeah, I, have in- I, I have inherited that love yeah. of that British country house sort of shabby chic sort of like mix of antiques and vintage but with new of course as well yeah. but that whole layered feeling so I feel I think that yeah. even though I haven't got many specific items from my parents home that how they lived and the things they enjoyed lives on I think through the way I decorate mm. yeah yeah I can see that yes I think that's the same thing for me as well that it's not really anything that is big or expensive or especially old it's just certain items that I for whatever reason have have kind of made this attachment to that feel really valuable to me and that's why they are important and we do sometimes location shoots in our house where film crews to come to take photos and they often ask that you know is there something that I mean ideally you don't want them to be breaking anything, but they often ask if there's something specific. And I always say to them that, honestly, it's fine, but it, I really would appreciate if you don't break my grandmother's crockery, because yes. obviously that can't be replaced. Sentimental, so. exactly. But otherwise, stuff is just stuff, isn't it, really? I agree. I agree. And that's that's the um, benefit of actually having um, a house that is um, perfectly imperfect and fill, filled with things that are fading sort of like slightly chipped yeah. and because um no one can do too much <laughs> to, to spoil how mine looks because you know everything looks a little <laughs> bit used and worn anyway because that's how I like it to look so you know you can yeah. <laughs> you can throw a dog on the chair and you can get hair on there and it's like well there was hair there anyway so it's fine bring the dogs it's, yeah <laughs> bring exactly. the dogs bring yeah. the children it's fine you know <laughs> yeah lovely. well let's talk about dogs let's talk about how's your lovely dog doing how old is she now oh my she is two in November, so she's still a baby. My little miniature dachshund. It's the first time we have ever had um, a small dog because I grew up with a Great Dane. My husband grew up with a, wow. a Great Dane. Total coincidence. And then as a family... Are they very had, common? Are they um, common in England? N- not not hugely. I mean, they you, you see them occasionally. Dog. They're huge dogs, but we both, we both weirdly happen to have Great Danes. And... Um, and then as a family here, we had, we've had, we had um, a Doberman crossed with a Labrador, my, the love of my life, Coco. 
and oh, um, yes. she was a I big dog, Coco. my lovely Coco. She used to appear in lots of my photos on Instagram and in my my blogs and things. And um, and then my parents in law have always had Irish wolfhounds, or you know, it's always been big dogs. So the fact that I've got um, a dog the size of my shoe is ridiculous. <laughs> And, and so we gave her an appropriately sort of ridiculous name, Lady Dashwood, um, because it was yes. the most, the silliest large name that we could think for such a tiny dog. <laughs> That's a wonderful name, I think. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. She's so gorgeous. Um, yeah, she's, really, she's really lovely. Sweet. And you and dogs, because um, have you always yes, had dogs? I mean, can. I know that you, you've got a, a dog now, but have you always had dogs? Well, when I was growing up, yes, we had dogs. My parents had dogs, but no, this is our first ever dog baby as uh, with mm. my current family. Oh. And uh, yeah, she's she's going to be nearly, she's nearly one years old now. And oh. um, she's still very much a baby. And there's like, I was just like, my, my husband has been definitely the more, the main trainer. I think he's <laughs> much more patient and better with that sort yeah. of thing. So I've sort of, out, let him kind of like do his stuff. I'll just do what he tells me to do. But <laughs> she's absolutely wonderful. She's really full of energy and just lovely. And having had a very grumpy cat as our previous family <laughs> pet, it, there's just no comparison. There's just no, like, she just loves us so much and she's so excited to see us. It's, it's really, it's really nice to see the connection between my children and the dog oh, as well. Like, wonderful. it's just so, it makes all the mess that she creates and all the chew, shoes that she's trying to chew worth it. It makes it worth it. She doesn't be bad at chewing anything really, but you oh. know what I mean? It, it is painful. Like, there's lots of painful moments in there as mm. well. It's, it's not definitely easy. It's quite hard work when you are trying to get used to the, your new housemate, whatever you call them. But what's interesting, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about there are certain inconveniences that we live with in order to have our happy home. Yeah, there? So, you know, I, I live with my, my single very, glazed very Georgian glass, which doesn't actually, it's not fit for purpose <laughs> anymore, but it looks lovely. Um, and then we have our pets, which of course, if, if you want to keep a house immaculate, don't have a dog. Yeah. But, you know, we, we have a dog because yeah. it's something that brings joy and love to the home, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, there's just no, you can't, like, I, I kind of like thought I knew how how it's going to be but turns out I knew nothing and it's been a complete kind of like a, a bit of a shock to the system but mainly it's just positive in a positive yeah. way it's just more so much better than maybe than what I expected even with all the inconveniences like it's it's still really good so so having a pet is essential to this happy home what else for you is essential for you know how how you envisage a happy welcoming family home or, or just a home. It doesn't have to be a family home, just a home. Well, if I look back on all the houses that I've had or all the homes, not all of them have been houses. Um, I think what I really like about is that <laughs> it goes back to the <laughs> treaded feeling, but I like quite um, homes that feel calm. That's mm. something that I, maybe because I'm more of an introvert, really, and I, mm. I just feel like that when I come home, I just feel like I want to be surrounded by a cozy blanket that mm. will make you kind of like almost like feel soothing. So it's not like that I'm against colors. I'm, I, I feel like that my some of my previous houses have been more colorful than mm. this current one. It's not colorful at all. But I feel like it also comes down to the 
layout and the way it is because it is mm. quite open. So it feels like that then you, I feel like that it's harder for me to have more patterns or color mm. in a space like that because then you can kind of like see it from everywhere. Whereas yeah. I feel like that if I had more just defined rooms, then it would be easier to go a little bit wild on the colors and patterns because I don't have to see them from every aspect That's of it. So, you, so basically you've got continuity by having a more limited sort of color palette. There's yeah. continuity so yeah. you can actually see everything goes together. Whereas mine looks like somebody's like gone in and just thrown sort of like wonderful um, <laughs> colors, just thrown the box in and seen what happens. Yeah, but, <laughs> but even at your house as well, you say that, but there's definitely, you can, it still looks very cohesive and very attractive. It's not well, like that you, you have just thrown <laughs> every single thing in there. No, I can see that there is definitely, there's a different thing in there going on there. It's, it's beautiful. I think, I think what I find interesting as well is that I think I dress like my house. It's all the colour. I mean, not today. It's, it's all the colours, all the ribbons yeah. in the hair. It's sort of like if I can embellish it somehow, <laughs> it's, it's in there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's good. It's happy maximalist is what you are then. No oh, minimalist. Gosh, I love that. I, that's, I'm going to get a t-shirt saying that. A happy maximalist. Brilliant. <laughs> you should. But I'm not actually a minimalist myself mm. either. And although I am very drawn to the Nordic nordic kind of like interior style i am in for curated clutter and i definitely like more homes that that like look more lived in so mm. i don't want to have minimal think i like pretty things as much as the next girl and if i ever buy my period country house by my surprise to everybody how much i like my <laughs> curated clutter and really go all out there so no i think it's just I don't like homes that feel cold. I yes. like I like to see wood, and I like it to feel like that it's. But even with um, what I notice with a lot of um, sort of Nordic homes is that even if the the color palette is limited, there's so much texture in there. You know, there's there's, there's mm. sort of like um, definitely the, you know the sheepskin and the um, the leathers and yeah. you know there's lots of things that you can add to limited, that yeah. even if they're all pale colors to make it look, feel warm and cozy and gorgeous yeah. and um, mm. yeah definitely yeah that's that definitely have texture is such a I think sometimes underappreciated element mm. of interior styling that can mm. really really just make a room feel so much more inviting if you have different textures mm. going on in there rather than just all one plain thing can i just ask you what is your favorite room or nuke or space in your current house Ooh. i mean you have lots of them so it's hard to tell from the answer but i'm just interested in hearing I, it's a it's a really really good question because um it also changes with the season mm. so we we use our sort of that sort of winter drawing room as as um the name might suggest in winter more so it's the room that you see that is the sitting room that I will often be seen sitting on a sofa um, yes. and we have a large fireplace there. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's just, um, the um, sofa that is made for um, pretty dresses to be spread out. But that room <laughs> is, is coming into its own now. So it's now getting into autumn. Well, we are in autumn. It's getting colder. Um, this is when we start bringing the logs in and we start lighting the fire and we will start moving naturally into that space a lot more because in the summertime, we tend to be at the back of the house, which is more the family room area, which is more mm. open plan. 
And then the, the, we fling the doors open onto um, the terrace where we eat outside sometimes for, um, you know, suppers in the in the summertime. So we sort of move from one side of the house. It's not a conscious decision. It's, it's just something that we it's habit now. Um, we have a formal yeah. dining room and um, we will often eat in the formal dining room more in the winter as well, even though we have a, a large table in our family area. But that doesn't answer your question at all, does it? <laughs> So, so I'm answering a completely different thing. So your question was, which is my favourite? So at the moment, because we're going into autumn and winter, my favourite is that sitting room with the fireplace because mm. I love a roaring log fire. You know, I think that's the epitome of coziness and, and home and warmth and having people um, gathered around there. And, we, and it's it's the room where we, we either play games, listen to music or we chat because there isn't a television there. So mm. um, which is on purpose. It's intentional. So it, it's a very sociable room or it's a quiet contemplative room. So it's, you know, it's one or the other. We've got um, a very large um, bookcase full of books. So, yes, I would say that at the moment. But ask me again in six months time and it may be I may give you a different answer. Different room. What, yeah, what about you? What, what's yours in your home? Well, I'm thinking that like if I just if, it, if I was just allowed to pick one room, I think it probably would be my kitchen because oh, I do really gorgeous. love it. And I love the view. I love the window. The... Yes. Well, it's it's exactly. that's definitely very high on my. It's, it's interesting how important the windows really are for us, and the view is just beautiful from there. And it it feels like um, it, it just. Com- I'm, I'm thinking also that how the kitchen was before. So when we renovated, we moved lots of the rooms around, and the current living room is where the old kitchen used to be. And that was the northeast wall of the house. And as the previous kitchen had like these quite dark walnut cupboards, it was always so dark. So you had to have always lights on in there. So just to compare that room and the lack of light to now to the kitchen that we have that is so always so bright. It just feels amazing. I think the light the light in your kitchen is in, in, is incredible. Whenever I see an image or or filming that you've done in there, I'm just in awe at the beauty of the light. It makes everything just look so spectacular. It does, yeah. Mm. It wasn't like that at all. So the kitchen used to be the worst room in the house before oh. the renovation. And it didn't have any windows at all. So it was completely dark. And it had, well, not completely dark. It had a sliding door to this, like a funny little conservatory or lean-to that had a plastic roof so there was some light in there and the ceiling was so low that I even I could touch it and I'm only five foot seven so it really wasn't very tall so it's just the transformation of that room is probably the biggest we've done here because it really was unrecognizable well no wonder that's your favorite space then because it's beautiful exactly yes I spent nearly two years dreaming of the kitchen so when it then finally was there it was it did feel worth all the pain that we had to go through all the dust Paula all the (laughs) dust (laughs) do you know it's it's always worth it in the end but whether I could do it again yeah Yeah. as I say never never say never never say never that pursuit of happiness and love and of your home you could probably you know endure most things I suppose yeah I think you could I definitely I, I feel like as well that if you were to do it again this time would be a completely different experience because you wouldn't have three teeny tiny children to look after at the same yeah. time. 
and I'd be moving in with you while I was um, waiting for it all to get exactly. done. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, really, you get <laughs> Invite, breakfast. Inviting so myself over. <laughs> I think what, what, what I find so interesting is I think I'm so nosy to hear. I mean, one of the things we'd love to do on this podcast is invite other people on to just find out what, what inspires them about their own home and how they got to, you know, their journey of how they got to their own happy home. Because basically, um, I think it's fascinating. And um, we're both very nosy people. We love to hear these stories. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We definitely are. <laughs> so um, I think we'll we'll wrap that up here and um and hopefully we're going to get um I think so. some other people on so we can hear their stories yes. of their happy homes because it is a fascinating um it's fascinating to hear the roundabout journey of how people got to where they are now it really is and i oh, i personally love hearing the stories where people have found their homes in slightly unusual ways or when there were some troubles on the way but they still managed to get the house of their dreams so there's yeah there's just lots of really really fun stories a- about that absolutely. i'm sure yes, to I, be discovered i always say that um, i had my heart broken by another house before i got um to find hill house but um, that's a story for another day, I think. <laughs> that's a story for another day. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's been brilliant chatting. Yes, lovely. I've learned lots of things about you, which has been amazing. <laughs> no construction dust, thank you. If you like this episode and would like to help the Joy of Home podcast, please share with your friends, rate and review. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. 